0: Okay, welcome back to another episode of In the Works by Career Services at the University of Calgary. We're happy that you can join uh, us again for the next half an hour. My name is Lawrence. Hello, and I'm David Cataford. Okay, so we're just going to jump right into things today. And for the next little bit, we're going to talk about professional associations and what they are. And we'll kind of explain it a little bit more. And that's because our guest later on, uh, Helen, she's going to talk about her work. As the editorial and marketing coordinator at the University of Calgary Press, and how you know professional associations can be a benefit, right? So yeah, let's start off by kind of talking about what professional associations are.
1: Wow, loaded question. I I think professional development, like associations, are are just places where like similar-minded professionals can can join an association to share information with other association members, share information, give information, and it's a good place to go for resources and Mm -hmm. connections.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great definition. I think you covered a lot of ground there. Um, So you might have answered this already, but what do they do? Well,
1: they they can... they have information, right? So I, I know myself, I, I'm a member of the Career Development Association of Alberta. And when I decided that I wanted to become a career development professional, I joined that association. And really, I joined it for information. Right. Um, uh, and also, too, I joined it to connect with other Career development professionals, and I started networking with some other career development professionals. So I think those would be like the benefits. It can get you connected in, and it has, you can gather up information and resources.
0: And this was kind of when you were first getting into the career development field, right? You joined it?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I joined it more to learn and gather information, and now I'm more of a veteran in the. Career Development Association of Alberta. We're not a veteran, but I, I'm, I'm experienced now. So I, I don't go to it as much now for information and resources, but right. people can reach out to me and, and I can be of service to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I would say, like, I, I guess if, if you're a student listening, I think prof, uh, these professional associations are very much like the student clubs that we have on campus. Um, I mean yeah some of the student clubs are for fun right just for interest and stuff like that but you have your your kind of more um, academic uh, tailored ones so like biology students association or like I know there's like a few different business students clubs um, you know psychology as well so yeah I think a majority of, of the degrees and programs probably have their own student clubs and you know, if, again, if you've been a part of these student clubs, you kind of know what they're all about. They host their own events. They get different guests. You know, some of it, again, it's a little bit more social-based. Some of it's more for networking. Some of it's more professional. So mm-hmm. I would say I think student clubs are kind of like a light version of, of these uh, professional associations. Would you say so?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And what's interesting about student clubs is I always joke sometimes with students and say, oh, the student club is is as good as the president and and executive team that they have in office. Because I've seen student clubs very popular and then their executive team all resign. And then the next year, the student club disappears (laughs) off the face of the map, right? It's the same thing with association. So I really advise students, if they want to join a professional association, look into it and, and do your homework a little bit, Right.
0: Yeah, totally. I guess with the student clubs, there is a bit of that um, kind of transition sometimes, right? The leader, the president. And yeah, I, I too have heard, you know, some clubs, they start off great, but then uh, they tail off a little bit just because the, the leadership team, you know, isn't as good as previous years. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess then going back to professional associations, where could you find them? Because I mean, I mean, you're talking about professional associations can be a number of different areas you know there's a whole lot of industries out there so where oh, do you kind of look and find one that that's suited to your career path
1: well i i, I don't know like from my perspective i i really like our U- university of calgary career services degree profiles yeah. we always have that section at the bottom of the degree profiles where I think it says other places to gather information. And sometimes we'll list some associations there. Mm -hmm. So I think the degree profiles are a great place to find some associations linked to your major. Um, And then I really like the ALICE webpage, Mm -hmm. the ALICE um, Alberta Alberta Learning learning information. Information Service, services something like that yeah. yeah but you can go in there and and if you're in human resources you type in human resources professional in the occupational profile and then they'll have a list of associations at the bottom of mm-hmm. that occupational profile that's those are probably the obvious places to to find where associations are
0: mm-hmm. yeah and so i know there are some common ones you know of course like we you know we sometimes recommend uh a few to students, you know. So I know, like for teachers, there's the Alberta Teacher Association, mm-hmm. APEGA for engineers and geoscientists, mm-hmm. uh, social work, psychologists, stuff like that, right? So yeah, there are these associations, and and so, and I think for some of them, they probably have like a student membership too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when I joined the Career Development Association of Alberta way, way, way back. Um, I was also at the time taking the certificate in career development and, and yeah I, I said hey I'm a student and I got a student rate so right. I, I think it is if you hopefully they do have a student rate and if they do then take advantage and Boom. you mentioned
0: rate there hey so some of these there's a cost of them
1: <laughs> oh absolutely yeah there's a there's a cost yeah so you have to Is it worth the cost? So you have to really uh, research. It's not just, hey, I want you to join five (laughs) associations. But will those associations, the money you're spending per year, will you get value back Mm -hmm. with the resources and the information and the connections you'll make, right? And if you're not, then I say don't join that association. But sometimes you got to spend a little to make a little back, right? So I I think it's worth the investment and it's worth looking into.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably, I think, I'd imagine, you know, some of these associations are, again, you know, there's some that are, you know, good or, or not so good uh, in terms of, like, running it and, and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I would say, like, for the most part, probably a lot of associations are, are better well run just because usually, again, sometimes it, it's, like, these people's jobs to keep the, the association afloat, and there's, like, a board and, and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I would definitely look into it before you you join. Yeah. And will you benefit from joining the association? If the answer is yes, then join.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you might not mm-hmm. either. So do your homework and shop around a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely doing the homework because there definitely are some professions where, where you do need to be a part of the association. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, again, part of it is to just, again, uh, kind of, Doing your research and making sure that you know okay if you're gonna if you are pursue, pursuing a certain career path to make sure that okay yeah you have the education background but then you also have like you know the the check mark or you're part of a certain association so that you can go into this job you're certified and all of that because um, yeah certain jobs do just take a little bit of extra uh, maybe it's a certificate or something like that um, before you can fully uh, work in that area Okay, so now let's kind of shift it a little bit and kind of start talking, maybe start introducing our guest for today. Um, So before we kind of formally introduce her, I wanted to ask you, David, like, did you ever consider a career like working at a library?
1: Yes, I did, actually. Um, I I really did. When I was was a sales rep, and then I, I got let go as a sales rep, and then I was like, Okay, I I need a new career now and I kind of narrowed it down to like about 3 or 4 careers. But working in a library was one of the uh careers that I was looking into because I I really like libraries. Like I I I think they're the coolest things because they got books and information and media and wow. So Yeah. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of libraries, so I was like, I looked into careers in, in working in a library, absolutely. Yeah,
0: so what would you do? What, what were you planning if you were working there?
1: Well, that's just it. I, I wasn't <laughs> able to
0: really find... You were too it, serious about
1: it. Yet. Yeah, I wasn't too serious. It was very early exploratory, but and I, I couldn't really find a job that would suit my skills, but I, I was thinking more like a resource manager or I know they... Uh, the uh, calgary public library has a career development section and i was thinking oh i could you know run the the resource center or something like that Mm -hmm. that's kind of what i was thinking about yeah
0: Yeah, that's the thing like i wouldn't really think of the library as a a workplace or you know, somewhere to you know build a career but definitely it it is a, a pretty popular spot um I mean, I know like volun like the library has a lot of volunteering opportunities, but mm-hmm. yeah, to treat it as like a, a workplace, pl- never really never really thought about that too much. But you know, now that I think about the career, uh, Calgary Public Library, I, I think about the Taylor Family Digital Library on campus. There's a ton of stuff to to manage and, and to look over. Like, you need people to do that.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I, the TFDL is like one of the coolest places in all of campus, right? Like. Yeah so much great resources and information there
0: yeah yeah totally like the other day i was just checking out uh, you know just kind of some archives like archive photos of like old calgary or like i think they even have like uh scanned uh copies of like yearbooks and the the gauntlet newspaper so it was pretty cool I know oh. you kind of like that stuff too, checking out kind of old historic things.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would go check out newspapers from the 1950s and read like sports columns and what was going on in the news. and Yeah. <laughs> the <libraries>. weather. <laughs> the weather. Yeah. Well, <laughs> check the weather. But no, I really like libraries. Always have.
0: Yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, that kind of leads us in then to the next segment of Real People, Real Careers. And we are chatting today then with Helen Hajnotsky. Uh, Helen works at the University Calgary Press as the editorial and marketing coordinator. Her work basically is to help things get published. And this can be a pretty lengthy and complicating process with a lot of steps involved, such as reviewing proposals, communicating with the editorial board, working with the authors on copy editing and copyright, and so on. For her, she always knew that this was an area that she wanted to pursue. She had majored in English and then afterwards also completed a graduate degree in library and information studies. So let's hear a little bit more from Helen and why she loves her job so much.
1: And it sounds to me like you you like your job, but-
2: I love my job. <laughs>
1: yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's great. I mean, that's what we yeah. strive for. But like, yeah. what are some challenges to the job
2: so I think that this is sort of something that's common across scholarly publishing is that the workload is always very high. So I think um, always sort of focusing on how you can be really efficient and deliver like quick services to all your authors your other external stakeholders stay on schedule, which is really important for the printer and for marketing, especially because they'll make lots of plans based on the release day you've promised. So you have to make sure to meet those deadlines. So doing that with sort of a big workload um, as well as maintaining the high standard of quality you need to can be a challenge. So like always balancing those things. So being detailed, but also being efficient. Yeah.
1: Okay. So now we all have, we all bring our uniqueness to every job and occupation, but what's, what's a unique skill that you bring to this job?
2: So I think my sort of in my, personal life, I'm also an an author, a poet, and a visual artist. And I think my experience as an author helps me to kind of empathize with other authors and what their concerns might be and where things might seem confusing about the publishing process. Um, because a lot of that stuff that I'm doing all the time, it's not really visible to people on the outside. And if you have no experience in publishing, there's no reason you would know sort of each little detailed step. So I think having been on both sides of that, like both um, like volunteering at magazines or working in book publishing and also being an author myself uh, and having published in magazines and having published books, I get to see both sides of it and try to help people understand things that might otherwise seem opaque, I hope.
1: Okay, so now let's go back because I, I think when like we're younger, we always have sort of career visions and plans. So when you were younger, what was, what was your sort of career plan?
2: So my, my sister is an artist and she, in her bio says that she grew up with hippie parents surrounded by big house plants. And I think that sort of is the, the first step in shaping where I ended up. Um, so my mom was a teacher and my dad was a, a welder and draftsman and small business owner and, and artist. And I think they really taught us to value education and the humanities and social sciences and art. And so from that end, I was never really told or encouraged to go into any one career, but I was sort of encouraged to dedicate myself to things that were of interest to me and to... um, look at those things I think as viable options, which isn't necessarily the case in a lot of families where like the arts are uh, so strongly promoted as a work option. Uh, so that was probably uh, fortunate for me given my interests, which were in writing in the arts. And I always love books. So I always love writing. Um, and it's, it's hard to say, I think when I decided this should be my career, I think I, I had a sense that it would probably be a pretty difficult career to develop because it's a fairly small industry. So I I think like over the course of my life I've thought of doing other things and I kind of fell into it in a peculiar way. So I started school at Mount Royal for 2 years uh, back when it was a college and then I finished at the University of Calgary and I did the creative writing program. And they really encouraged us to get involved in the writing community, so one of the things I did was to volunteer for two uh, not-for-profit magazines, one of them, the student magazine Node, which still exists at the University of Calgary, and a uh, local filling station magazine. And through volunteering there, I think that experience is probably what helped me get my first uh, full-time job after I finished university, which was at a STEM uh, journal publisher here in Calgary. Uh, which was great and incredibly fortunate. So I did that for a year and then I moved to Montreal to do a master's in English. And then I did a master's of library and information studies after that. And I decided to do the librarianship degree because working at the University of Calgary Library back when it was Kimmy was my favorite job. Uh, there was no day that I wasn't excited to go into work. So I thought, well, Uh, you know, publishing is probably pretty unlikely, librarianship is super interesting, it involves books, and I loved working in the library, so that seemed like a great idea, so I enrolled in that program, but because I was a student, I was able to apply for a student position at the press there, which is called McGill-Queens University Press, and I worked there for the two years I was finishing my MLIS, and then just as I was graduating, someone left a a kind of temporary position. Uh, I think someone was on long-term leave and the person replacing them left and I sort of stuck up my hand and was like, can I, I'll do it. (laughs) So the timing was uh, incredibly lucky for me Um, and I was very fortunate that they kept me on to work full-time after I finished my student position there. And that's sort of how I ended up where I am today.
1: Okay, so now kind of shifting the subject a little bit, because networking is is a huge important thing that's kind of like a life skill. But what what does networking mean to you?
2: So, publishing is a very collegial industry. There are a lot of uh, professional associations that support uh, networking and helping us learn from each other. And um, in Alberta, there's the Book Publishers Association of Alberta and so during non-COVID times, there's an annual uh, general meeting and they also plan uh, professional development sessions, um, which are great. And part of that that's so wonderful is just getting to chat with your, uh, like, I think we people will even say colleagues, even though you work for different organizations or companies, but people working in uh, publishing across the province. There's also the Association of Canadian University Presses, which is for scholarly publishers specifically. And there's the bigger Association of University Presses, which is sort of all the ones in the U.S. as well. So all those really support people being able to learn from each other. Um, And there's also, I think, this aspect of networking for publishing where you're getting to meet authors or potential authors. And that sort of network sort of builds itself out over time as you're working in this. So in your search for peer reviewers, you might... Uh, start having a conversation with someone about what they're working on, uh, or you get to like meet people at different um, conferences or different academic events. So these things sort of can build up very organically, I think from the the activities you're already doing at work and you get to meet people. So, yeah.
1: Okay. Now who, who's influenced your career path or, or who's, who, who's somebody that inspires you?
2: So I think, um, just thinking of that link between, um, you know, my my family and where I ended up. I remember I was in Montreal and I called my dad to tell him I'd gotten into library school, and he said, "Well, don't forget to write poems. Like keep writing poems," um, which is really the opposite of a lot of uh, people's reactions when you call to tell them you got into professional school. It's like, "Well, don't forget about poetry." So I think that that aspect of my life has been has sort of supported my career, uh, development in a lot of unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, think sort of nurturing those personal interests, uh, has been a benefit and definitely my dad inspired me to do that. Um, all these sorts of things that I wouldn't have thought of myself. Like if you're a writer, you get to do like some public speaking, you do readings. Sometimes you have opportunities to like sell your books, So you get experience sort of Uh, talking to customers and presenting yourself in public, which have all sorts of applications in uh, a work setting, um, different from author setting. Being an author can also be a job. I sort of think of it um, separately since I don't do it as like my nine to five, Um, but of course that is a form of work. Uh, And aside from that, all the people I worked with at McGill Queens were a huge influence on me. I had the pleasure of uh, assisting Let's see, four different editors over the course of my time there. And each of them taught me so much about how they approach their jobs and what they think is really important in the peer review process or in working with authors. And I think I often reflect on them and what they've taught me as I'm working on different projects and face different challenges. And so they continue to inspire me, even though I haven't worked there for years. And uh, our director at the University of Calgary Press, Brian Scrivener is also a huge inspiration. So he is really focused on um, how the press can be part of the community, both scholarly and literary and how we can like be of service to people. You know, he'll often say, we don't publish books, we publish people. So building those relationships and, thinking of how we can be a service. So I find that really inspiring too. Okay. So now
1: kind of going into the, the final part of, of the podcast uh, is fill in the blank for me. So don't go into kind of publishing, writing, um, career path. If you are dot, dot, dot.
2: I think I would say don't go into publishing if you don't want to interact with people a fair bit. Uh, it's, I think um, you might get an image of publishing where you're kind of alone a lot of the time reading books or reading manuscripts. And while that is a component of the job, most of it, I would say, is spent uh, communicating with people, mostly over email, uh, but also your colleagues in the office, sometimes chatting on the phone, going to conferences more rarely, but that's still part of it. So I think even though you do get to be alone with the a book or a manuscript. Sometimes you're often really in the thick of it with a lot of people, so it's not really an isolated job. If you really want to spend a lot of time kind of alone and not like interacting with uh, other stakeholders or the public, it's probably not uh, what you're imagining. I think.
1: <laughs> so now you have a very interesting career because you have your job and then you're also an author right so i i think like what's a bonus for working at the university of calgary press and what's a yeah what's a real bonus for kind of doing this work
2: i had to say the the moment a book like the the first box of a printed book arrives it's always exciting <laughs> like so the, the first time you get to see it in print and hold it in your hands is it never gets old it's also it's always wonderful to sort of go through that process with an author or a volume editor a team of people who put a book together and to see that become the sort of physical object in the world um, and to know it's going to go on and have this kind of life after its publication to um, you know, if it's a scholarly book contribute to the conversation in that field. Um, it's really exciting. And I think um, I, I'm sometimes surprised, sometimes it seems obvious, but uh, it's it's nice to be able to take the things I've learned in my uh, writing practice and to be able to use them to help authors at my work. So um, because of you know, that time I've spent on my own sort of figuring out uh, how to how to do these different aspects of uh, poetry. Um, If people ask me questions, I often can I already like sort of have the answer at hand. Um, I can also bring some of my experience, say, uh, applying for grants uh, for my own writing projects. I think that experience has been helpful when working with authors or working with uh, my colleagues at the press to prepare grant applications. I can kind of bring that experience into it. So it's it's been a real pleasure sort of bringing those two skill sets together.
1: So it's, it sounds like I'm hearing a lot of passion and you like your job and, and you're a mm-hmm. very detail-oriented person and you probably you sound very good at your job too, I think, right? Which, which always yeah,
2: helps. I, I hope, hope so. <laughs> I
1: hope so. Yeah. There you go. But what, what are some advice or tips would you would you have for new graduates that are kind of entering the job market now?
2: So, I guess reflecting on my work experience and my uh, career, and then also my sort of personal interests and in the things I've done uh, is that. You know, no matter what you're interested in, uh, I think there's there's going to be a value in doing it, not just for yourself, but potentially in your career. So, you know, if you're really into something uh, and you organize uh, any aspect of it, whether that's like sports or like literary event or whatever it is, like there's probably something in that that um, you're going to be able to apply in a work setting, like some lesson or some skill. So I think. Pursuing whatever it is that you're interested in will have uh, some positive effect uh, in your career. If you're really interested in publishing specifically, uh, there are post-secondary institutions that offer programs in it. So while I think a lot of people of my uh, generation or older didn't get their start that way, that's also an option. So SFU and Ryerson specifically have programs that I know of. And I think also for publishing, uh, looking at the, the broad range of different types of positions that are uh, available. So it's not like, I think uh, marketing and editorial and administration are the really uh, visible ones, uh, especially from like a press website, if you just sort of look up what positions people are in. But there are a lot of other areas as well, such as like indexing, copy editing, rights management, Um, these sorts of things. And they're all different types of publishing. So like book, magazine, technical material, uh, there are all sorts of online publishing opportunities, I think too. So uh, really thinking about like all the the places you see text that's been produced. (laughs) And so like really trying to think creatively about what your interests are and um, how those might align with uh, the available work.
1: Well, thank you so much, um, Helen, for for joining us on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. Have a great uh, rest of your week and have a great rest of your career and we'll uh, hopefully talk soon. So thank
2: you so much. Thank you so much for having me.
0: To listen to this interview again or other ones that we have aired in the past, you can go to ucalgary.ca slash careers. So hopefully, yeah, you enjoyed the interview that we had with Helen. I learned so much more about publishing and just how complicating it can be so that brings us to the end of our show
1: talk to you next time we'll see you later on in the works